0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Welcome to the third episode of the Quadcast, a Yale Divinity School podcast. Yale Divinity School graduate student Emily Judd interviews Berkeley Divinity School Dean Andrew McGowan in a conversation that confronts the issues of Christmas, past and present. Dean McGowan shares how Christmas came to be celebrated on December 25th.
1: Now, we have no idea what the real date of Jesus' historic birth was. How
0: early Christians celebrated the holiday...
1: What did they do? They went to church. Did they exchange presents? Not as far as we know.
0: And Dean McGowan weighs in on whether Americans should, as President Donald Trump urges, start saying Merry
1: Christmas again. Despite the president's strong background in business, it seems to me that it's actually the business world that has turned us into happy holidays, people.
0: Welcome, Dean McGowan. Thank you, Emily. So we're just days away from Christmas, the holiday that marks the birth of Jesus of Nazareth around 2,000 years ago. But is December 25th the actual birthday of Jesus?
1: We have about one chance in 365 of that being right, I guess. (laughs) Now, we have no idea what the real date of Jesus' historic birth was, although the tradition that attaches it to December the 25th goes back to ancient times, but not really back into the first century as far as we know. It doesn't seem to have been something that the earliest Christians were particularly concerned to record.
0: And so where did December 25th
1: come from? Well, this is still somewhat controversial and uncertain, but I think that the best uh, evidence or the best argument for December the 25th seems to come from calculations that Christians were trying to make about when Jesus should have been born or could have been born. In other words, while there wasn't, as far as we know, any real historical memory of his actual date of birth, by the time we get to the second century, later in the second century at least, there are a couple of Christian authors. One of them is Tertullian, who is a well-known uh, African Christian author, active in Carthage in the late second century. Another, Clement, who was a writer in Alexandria, a bit further east in Egypt. Tertullian suggests that Jesus was born on, guess what, March 25th. Clement, over in Egypt, is aware of some people, not people he's in the same church group as, but people who he's a bit critical of, who speculate that Jesus might have been born or baptized on one of a number of dates, one of which is, the, is a different date, January the 6th. Now, um, some listeners will also recognize January 26th as now the Feast of the Epiphany. And in the Eastern Mediterranean, January the 6th was actually the first date that shows up for the celebration of Christmas rather than December the 25th. The funny thing is that in the time that Clement and Tertullian are writing, there's no evidence that anyone actually celebrated Christmas on either of those days. But they were interested in the idea of the dates.
0: And so when did early Christians begin to celebrate the birth of Jesus? And what did these celebrations look like? I doubt there was... Christmas trees or Santa.
1: Indeed. Uh, as My best guess would be that they probably began to celebrate uh, Christmas late in the third century. We certainly have evidence that they were celebrating it by the fourth century, so in the 300s. Um, when you get evidence for something going on and no one is saying, isn't this a remarkable new thing, you have to assume it's been going for a little while. So we have a document, for instance, from the year 354, which has a sort of calendar for the whole of the church year and it begins on December the 25th, the birthday of Jesus Christ. That's how this calendar of the church year begins. Honestly, I don't think we would see any resemblance between the Christmas festivities and practices of the 21st century and their Christmas festival. What did they do? They went to church. Um, Did they exchange presents? Not as far as we know. Did they have any special foods attached to the feast? Not specifically for Christmas, but we can assume that just as for other festivals of that time that they would have eaten um, more interesting food, food that was more expensive, food that was more desirable. In that world, um, eating meat was not a daily occurrence for many people. So perhaps it was a day when they would have actually um, eaten meat rather than just bread and vegetables. So
0: if the there is no biblical foundation for December 25th, Could the date change? I mean, could we be celebrating Jesus' birth on January 6th or or something like that?
1: Yeah, I suppose it could in theory. I think that we have to say that the the significance and the importance of December the 25th doesn't have much to do with any real knowledge of when Jesus was born, but what it does reflect is a real interest that people have in celebrating his birth. Uh, Now, January the 6th, which you mentioned, is certainly another possibility, and in fact, um, for... Maybe 100 or 200 years, as far as we know, uh, January the 6th was Christmas for a bunch of Christians. So in the western Mediterranean, the western part of the um, the Roman Empire, December the 25th was the date that took root fairly quickly. But for quite some time, January the 6th was celebrated by Christians in the eastern part of the empire. And uh, Armenian Christians today will still celebrate January the the 6th for instance. I'll say to anyone who who listens on the quadcast or otherwise that Christmas doesn't end on the 25th of December, it actually begins on the 25th of December. So you may um, try and resist throwing your Christmas tree out onto the, the sidewalk on the 26th, keep it up until January the 6th, which is the way which the season actually runs, which when you think about it is more fun. That's 12 days of parties, right? Well, rather than stopping Christmas on the 25th. spirit. Absolutely, <laughs> which is another reason, of course, to try and hold back a little bit during Advent and remember that Advent's really about anticipation and preparation rather than about celebration. But doubtless many um, listeners will have been invited to plenty of holiday parties and will have to join in the festivity anyway. So it's not something that we have to worry too much about but but there is a, a a good precedent for extending the celebration shall we say through to the Jan- january the 6th which was for some people originally christmas too
0: and so fast forward two thousand years i was actually downtown last week and i was talking with someone i had just been introduced to her and at the end of our conversation i said oh merry christmas um have a have a merry christmas and i was thinking you know the current U.S. president would probably be proud of that remark. Um, I'm not sure if I was, but uh, President Donald Trump campaigned on the promise that Americans would say Merry Christmas again under his leadership instead of Happy Holidays, which he disparaged as a term of political incorrectness, uh, political correctness, I should say, and um, Previous President Barack Obama used the phrases happy holidays and season's greetings and his Christmas cards or holiday cards. Which rhetoric serves the country best?
1: Hmm. I think they've both got a point. Um, I think that the current president may be uh, overdoing the criticism a bit by suggesting that people have stopped saying Merry Christmas. I certainly haven't, and, and you didn't, whether or not you were sure <laughs> that you should have. Uh, it's good to be sensitive, I suspect, to our friends and neighbors who may not be celebrating Christmas. We're recording this on the the day of Hanukkah about to begin, for instance. I would myself rather greet people with the greeting that's appropriate for their own tradition rather than avoid greeting them all together. Um, the, I, I do think that perhaps that issue of complaining about the war on Christmas, as it's sometimes been put, has been um, exploited a little bit and, and exaggerated um, a, a little bit. Have we really stopped saying Merry Christmas? Some of the evidence suggests that in people, people, in fact, are still saying Merry Christmas. The places where happy holidays seems to predominate, in my experience, are in things like stores, where... Um, Presumably those who rely upon the Christmas season as a time when they buy and sell a lot want to include all consumers by saying something like happy holidays. So in fact, despite the president's strong background in business, it seems to me that it's actually the business world that has turned us into happy holidays people.
0: How do Christians return to the original meaning of the holiday amid all this consumerism? The average American will spend $700 on holiday gifts this year, according to the National Retail Federation. Should Christians stop with all this Santa nonsense and give the money to charity?
1: It's a good question. And I certainly uh, agree that there's uh, reason to pause for thought and to ask ourselves whether some of the forms of conspicuous consumption that we take part in at this time of year are really necessary or helpful to us. However, let me say that I, I'm a fan of celebrating Christmas with uh, festivity and joy, and with the best of everything we have. So, uh, to me, the problem seems to me uh, to require a little bit of thinking uh, outside that box of of our concern about consumerism. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that we engage in this kind of crisis of excessive consumption at Christmas is that we don't actually have practices left, such as the practice of fasting or other practices whereby we dial it back rather than dial it up, so to speak. Um, The ancient Christians that we've talked about and Christians for most of the period in between the time of Jesus and now have also observed times of year when they did less rather than more. Lent, exactly, and Advent even. The season that we're in now is traditionally a fasting season rather than just a way of Christmas leaking forward a few weeks. Oh, wow. And it seems to me that if we actually were to rebalance the rest of our lives so that we were consuming a bit less the rest of the time, then, in fact, our capacity to celebrate in a really wonderful, expansive and, and generous way on Christmas Day would be a different kind of response to how we want to think about uh, the joy and festivity of Christmas. So in other words, for me, the problem is that because we don't have uh, a reasonable midpoint of living within our means, of living in a way that's environmentally sustainable, of living in a way that's conscious of those who have less, because that isn't our norm, um, because we always want more and more, and we think that economic growth is the only way to actually achieving uh, what we need for our society, then Christmas becomes a sort of a, a crisis of how do I do even more than I'm doing the rest of the time when in fact we think that we should be able to consume whatever we want as part of our normal life? So it's actually the norm that has to be adjusted from my from my point of view, first and foremost, rather than to dial back the festivity itself.
0: And is this the responsibility of Christians to put the Christ back in Christmas? And can you think of a pr- practical example um, that as a Christian, we could use.
1: I do, I do like the idea that you mentioned before of being able to uh, give gifts to friends, which involve some gift to another person as well. You know, gifts that are charitable, um, gifts that are symbolic, gifts that reflect the joy of helping others. I, I also think, uh, as you gather, I, I'm a fan of celebrating properly and I do think that people should eat and drink well at Christmas. It's a part of the joy of the life that God decided to share in by becoming incarnate in Jesus for Christians. Um, I... I also think it's worth considering uh, how we handle hospitality, for instance, Um, that uh, Christmas of course is a way of getting together with our friends and family and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I think that the test of an authentically lived Christmas has to include the question of how we're thinking about those who have less in our midst, which could be just people that we know who are lonely or people that we don't know who don't have the things that we might have on our Christmas tables. So uh, that would be another element to me of putting the Christ back into Christmas.
0: You mentioned that you are you love the festivities of it all, and you are from Australia. How is Christmas different in Australia? Do you go lie in the sand and make sand angels instead of snow angels, or do do people you know how do they celebrate there? That's
1: unique. Uh, that's a good question, and it it varies a lot to be honest, because many of us in Australia are parts of. Um, ethnic or cultural communities that come from the Northern hemisphere. And so many of us have taken traditions with us that can have a somewhat hilarious uh, aspect when you put them into a completely different climate. Um, My own family, which has the strongest, its strongest sort of ethnic roots are Scottish and Irish. Um, We we will always still sit down to a, a hot, Christmas meal even if it's 100 degrees outside on Christmas Day which has been known to happen uh, and we still serve things like uh, the the steamed plum pudding you know which is sort of set aflame with whiskey on the top. So the things that we do that probably reflect how it's done in Scotland or how it was done in Scotland 100 years ago when my forebears left there or something like that. Having said that there are others who celebrate Christmas in ways that are probably a bit more Enculturated and and climatically appropriate, so to speak. Surfing, surfing, definitely. <laughs> and 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 there are families that have now had traditions, maybe over multiple generations, even traditions of going to the beach for Christmas. And maybe they'll have a barbecue on the beach. Maybe they'll go for a swim. Um, and they might ha- still have their ham or turkey or whatever, but they might have it in sandwiches rather than uh, in hot form on the on the dining table or whatever. So there's a there's a great diversity of things. You know, the sand angel is one that I'm going to have to remember because I don't actually. <laughs> Recall that idea, but uh, it's definitely one worth remembering for the next time I celebrate Christmas in Australia.
0: So, do you think the early Christians would have been proud of the way that we celebrate Christmas now—the birth of Jesus—or do you think they would roll their eyes or you know be completely appalled?
1: I think all of the above. You know, I think they would—they'd be absolutely flabbergasted by some of what we do. I think they would be pleased with the idea of festivity and celebration to celebrate Jesus' birth. I think they'd probably be um, rather taken aback by the excess of some of our consumption, as, as you've already alluded to. Um, and so there would be a balance, I suspect, of how they would be pleased with how some of the uh, traditions concerning Christmas have continued and grown as being means of acknowledging the birth of Jesus, but other ways in which they would probably think that our focus on uh, continuous and conspicuous consumption have perhaps lost a little bit of the focus of what Christmas should really be about.
0: Dean McGowan, thank you so much for joining us and helping us figure out how not to be Scrooges this season.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Emily. It's a pleasure to be here.